This is the BYO Brand Podcast, the creative incubator and branding launchpad for brazen entrepreneurs. Fearless enough to blow that damn proverbial box up. If that's you, welcome to the virtual space where you can learn how to make your mark. It's like the blueprints to turn your business into a brand and your brand into an icon. So tune in, turn it up, and step up to the virtual soapbox hosted by yours truly, me, Hannah Laham, and let's start a digital riot. Welcome back to the BYO Brand Podcast. My name is Hannah Laham, and I'm the host on the other side of your speakers. If this is your first time tuning in, Thank you for stopping by, subscribing. If you haven't hit that button to tell the SEO gods that there's a gem here worth telling the world about, please hit the subscribe button. Plunging right into today's shout out from Keely R. And this is what she writes. Hi, Hannah. My name is Keely, and I'm one of the badasses listening to your podcast. It's made me rethink my business. I never thought of my shop as a brand before you, but you're right. I am a brand. I'm different from every place like me in my city, and my customers know that. In the past few weeks, we've made changes on our social media accounts. I want our personality to stand out. My employees and I have gone back and forth, and we can't decide, is my business personality mine, or does it have its own? I don't know if that makes sense or if it even makes a difference, but the posts people respond to are the ones that I wrote as me. Thank you in advance for your answer. I hope to hear back from you on air. Keely, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really pumped that you reached out and sent a message. That kind of a message is exactly the type of conversations I want to spark here. And it's a damn good one. However, I've considered doing episodes on this, but it's quite complex and pretty business specific. So I want you to ask yourself, what's the one thing that without it, your business or company would never be the same. Is it you? So think about it like this. Photography businesses are reliant on the talent, so the photographer. Sure, if that photographer leaves, you can get another one, but their vibe is going to be pretty different. And you'll be able to tell immediately that, you know, this one is about minimalism and this one is about high exposure or whatever that is. Can I remove you from the business and it still be the same? Is the business centered around you? When you retire, will the business like close up shop or will it continue under somebody else's management? Can you replicate yourself or train someone to sound just like you if the business's persona is you? The thing about your brand's personality, its identity, its voice, all those qualities have to be fixed. Think about Nike. It is always the same. Always. Consistency is the core pillar of a successful brand. So for the podcast, you couldn't replace me, nor would I want you to. I had a family emergency two weeks ago, and guess what? No podcast. Although at my other company, Writing With Creative Studios, where I'm the creative director and the collaborator, long after I slip into my buddy slippers, I want these creatives to kick it up a notch. And I know that they might not have my particular experience or brain, but there's a lead brander out there who probably is better suited for it anyway, who's better and will take it up 50 notches. So in answer to your question, 
Your personality may very well be the businesses, and it sounds like your people are responding to you. And if you've been the central figure forever, it's probably you they think about. If you can't be removed, then you are the persona. And if that case, you also know that you can't be a one-woman show. As the business owner, you know that delegating is simply not an option. It's everything. You have to do it. Take your personality and make it accessible to your team so it can be replicated throughout your company with things like brand guidelines and content guidelines, all that kind of stuff, because somebody else should be able to pick up on the social media posts the next day and nobody be able to tell that it wasn't you writing it. I really hope that helps, Keely. Thanks for joining me on this wild ride. If it didn't help or if you have more questions, please reach out again and I'll send you a message back. For the rest of the Badass fam, if you have questions, I've got an online answer or on-air answer. You know what I mean. (laughs) You can send them all to shoutout at byobrandpodcast.com or by DMing me on any of the social channels, byobrandpodcast on Instagram. It's byobrand.podcast. This is part two of our 10-year step-by-step in a perfect world branding episode. So today we're going to be taking a peek into years two through six, which means there's going to be a part three. So tune in and listen up. Whether you've been operating for two years or will be in two days, if you missed any of the brand basics in the last episode, I highly recommend taking a hard rewind here. First, This episode picks up where that one left off. And secondly, skipping steps in the process is going to leave you confused and with an inconsistent brand. Guys, we work too freaking hard for a mixed identity or message to be the thing that holds us back. So without further ado, let's move forward instead. In the pre-opening, you're ready for anything. Year one teaches you to anticipate the unexpected, but year two is all about analyzing. I remember my first business, and I operated it from a tiny house that I'd just gotten right after college, and I did it there for almost two years before starting a brick-and-mortar location. Never has someone ever been more excited about remodeling a house into an industrial kitchen outfitting 3,200 square feet? Yeah, (laughs) that was before I realized that fire marshals do something other than put out fires or the very real-life implications of building codes. Year one took one look at me and popped my business naivety bubble. Directly outside of my beautiful kitchens was an immaculate executive chef's office, and it was all mine until becoming a full-fledged storage unit in five seconds flat because hashtag year one. (laughs) By the time year two rolls around, you might be a few marbles shorter, but it's now time to purge the crap and find that office hiding under your crap if that happened to you too. I'm going to assume it does because that makes me feel better right now. (laughs) So this is the moment you're going to purge, pull up your rolly chair, and make yourself quite cozy in that space because you're going to be there for a while. Sifting through numbers may make you feel claustrophobic. At least that's how it makes me personally feel. I want you to look at the numbers not as a historic reminder of the difficulties presented in that last year, but as a roadmap on how to never, ever, ever, ever return there. Because data is power. 
Write it down if you need to remember it, but it is true. With data, the right data, your data that you've gained from an entire year's worth of business, anything is possible. Here's what I recommend doing in year two. So the whole checklist. Number one, brand audit. Wait, wait, wait. Do not pass go and do not up and call the IRS. (laughs) The word audit triggers a range of cray. But this is not that. No peewee with a Napoleon Bonaparte complex needed. Just a curly creative like me. Think of a brand audit more as like Marie Kondoing your business. And in the wise words of Sage Kondo, it truly begins when you put your house in order. Business happens, taking our attention from one relevant facet to another in five seconds flat. That's the cost of success. But by the end of the year, the messaging and branding, that may have some alignment issues and need to be polished from all the months of oversight and dealing with customers and whatnot. That's where your brand audit comes in, to reposition and fine-tune. But here's a word of caution. Running away from your problems only pushes the solution farther away. A hoarder doesn't merit that title overnight. Getting you back on track, yes, it can take hours, weeks, or months, depending on the amount of time lapse between when the business opened and when the brand was last audited. The longer the lapse, the more time and money you're going to spend rectifying that situation. So I recommend taking at least a couple days a year to do a brand audit for yourself. Number two, refresh and update. Yes, your brand audit might be a pain in the you-know-what, but it's also your saving grace, telling you all the things you need to know. Digest the assessment. If you brought in a third party to evaluate your organization, then I do want you to check that list twice. Hiring an outsider, yes, it can offer a much-needed perspective, but it can also be a massive detriment. Listen to your intuition. Know your audience and business better than anyone. If something they said isn't sitting right with you, then it might not be a good move to make. Otherwise, slowly execute everything else on that audit. Tweak the messaging and update the branding based on its recommendations. Also, that audit should have exposed alternatives and obstacles lurking within the data and analytics. I want you to identify ways to mitigate those challenges and convert them into advantages. Alleviate impending stressors that the years have taught you will definitely rear its head during holiday or peak seasons. The deeper you dig, the more approaches you'll discover to take your operation from where you are right now to where you know you can be. Number three, brand equity. Branding is an investment and it slowly compounds for dramatic effects over time. So that dynamic brand you've been busy busting booty on, yeah, by year two, it should be locked and loaded for success on steroids. When the world perceives you as valuable, You, my friend, become a commodity. Locally, nationally, influential people and brands are going to be interested in partnering with you. I want you to go forth and do it big. Co-branding, influencer marketing, sponsorships. I want you to find win-win partnerships where both companies benefit. Anyone can do this. Now, I'm not saying call up Nike and ask them to participate with a small ice cream company in rural Idaho. 
But I am saying to ring up your local bakery and ask them if they want to sell your ice cream in exchange for selling their waffle cones. See? Cross promotions for the win. Depending on your business, scale, scope, maybe opt not to contact that influencer marketing agency. But maybe opt to call a local celebrity or figure the community respects. Who knows? They may be interested in collaborating for free or for whatever, something that's relevant to both of you. Again, win-win. And honestly, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. (laughs) When pitching, you know that you can expect a single yes for every 13 no's. And that's a statistical thing, so you might get more no's. But by now, you're two years in. You know the drill. This is, again, the price of success. It's for you to keep that word no and no and no, K-N-O-W, that it doesn't equate to the word fail. It's simply one syllable closer to that yes. When I'm feeling down because there were way too many no's for my taste in a single week, I remember like Tesla and Edison. Because compared to them, and Ben Frank with his kite, of course, I feel like Eleanor Roosevelt. Welcome to Years 3 and Years 4. You are where you are and wherever you are, that's exactly where you should be. Retreating from the blissful chaos of the first two years of startups, the operation now is starting to develop a natural ebb and flow. You've reached a point of, dare I say it, homeostasis? And because it just can't be that simple, Year 3 and 4 are what I like to call the purgatory years. It's this strange place in between roughing it in the early years and the potential that's lurking directly out of your reach. These years are decisive, guys. Stereotypically, I see clients doing one of two things. One, they get too comfortable, they stop growing, and they start that very slow and painful descent into business death. Number two, The calm after the cray is quite unsettling, and they want to use their time to launch into the future right this second, even though they're not ready. Here's my advice for these years. One, don't get stuck in the muck, and two, don't jump the gun. Again, my answer is the purgatory. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, you're in business purgatory. You can't reach the stars. So embrace the space you're in and use your time wisely prepping for liftoff that's soon to come if you don't get stuck in stagnation. Here's what you can do. Number one, brand audit. Yes, do it again this year and every year. Number two, strategy review. I'm not sure if I mentioned the brand strategy in the pregame list last episode, episode 11, but if not, I absolutely should have. It's your brand's business plan and the guiding document that reminds you what you're striving for. Because after those couple of years, you might forget some of the big high points. Brand strategies look at our most optimistic goals, and it's going to break them down so that they can be applied on every front, ensuring that your branding comes across to your customers and that your business reaches its goals. In the muck of the first years, we can forget why we're doing this and what we're working towards. This is going to make sure that that doesn't happen. At the year three and four marker, it's time to revisit the brand strategy. So 
When we first created that strategy in pretend land, it was based on rough estimates and our vision and our aspirations. But this far in, you have a whole world of perspective and hard data backing your decisions. Reckon the strategy with what you now know is actually possible. Consider how your vision has shifted. Account for new goals. Remove the ones that just failed or no longer serve you. Reframe your timelines. Um, plan for growth and the actions necessary to get there. And then act on those things. So I'm going to put in my two cents about restructuring your brand strategy because I like to pretend that you guys are my clients and my clients benefit from my years of experience and branding advice, but more importantly, they benefit from the fails that I've seen, you know, over and over. And here's one that I see far too often, and it it just drives me crazy because I know that you guys are able to do this. Far too many people are broken and humbled by the insanity of the first couple of years that when they go into their brand strategy review, it's like they take out a lightsaber of vengeance and they replace their ambitions. All their pie-in-the-sky goals, they replace those for something more, air quotes, reasonable. Don't do that. If you need someone to remind you and encourage you not to give up on you, email me, call me, reach out to that pal who will be the swift kick of motivation. But don't make your dreams more, again with the air quotes, attainable. Do strategize. I'm talking about attainable in the sense of lackluster, those simple-ass milestones anyone could accomplish. There are no participation trophies in business. There's the people that fail. There's the ones who hang on God knows how and the ones that the community never forgets. Keep your pie in the sky dreams. Use the knowledge that you have right now to better navigate a way to get there. No, you may not reach local celebrity status in three years, but you might get there in seven. You'll never know if you give up. The future you want the one you busted years of your life working towards, that starts now. Okay, I'm going to step down from my podium now. Number three, experiment. Strike while the iron is hot. This is the closest you'll ever get to an opportunity to actively pursue the goals you outlined in that brand strategy. Year three and four are trial by fire. You've learned a lot. What works, what doesn't. Now test theories. Try things, record the good and the bad, and the just plain no didn't work. Find creative ways to get where you want to go and be willing to maneuver swiftly when something doesn't work or try something new. Experimenting is a crucial part of this process. It's going to get you the data you need to make well-founded decisions. Keep in mind while you're bill-nying your business that the point is to put your brand front and center, increasing visibility, going deeper on the branding process, brand experiences, um, subsidiary products, all that good stuff. We're at year five and six now, and those are the years I like to call more. More everything. Number one, more brand experience. Look at their customer journey map or write down every touchpoint and omni-channel that your company is on. How can you enhance that experience on every level? 
Wherever that is, go for it. Number two, more culture. Often there's the face the business shows to the customers and the one they remove when it's just the team around. Yeah. I don't want you to do that. (laughs) That, air quotes again, after hours spirit, when the pranks are played or the house mom is taking care of everyone, that's the personality you should always be showing. Anything less and you're authentic. Peel back the layers. Let your brand shine. Magnify your internal brand culture and harness the vibe that makes you you, guys. Number three, more audiences. It's year five and six. Your bond between you and your audiences, the target ones at least, should be real strong. Like Gorilla Glue strong. So go forth and get more audiences. But if by now you're still grappling with the customer connection part and you're having trouble refining the language or throwing events that really speak to them, here's what I want you to do. Ask yourself, are you serving your customers more than a product or service? So for example, how you speak to your audiences and where do you speak to them at? What's the subject of the message that you're sending to them? Is it always about you? Is it just about the product and service? Again, you? How often is the conversation strictly about them? Forming intimate relationships forms the foundation of your company, any company. If you're struggling with that, about what else to speak to them if not sales, again, I have two recommendations. Get to know them in a deep way. Number two, lean in on your brand purpose because it is the key to everything. Episode 10, by the way, is all about brand purpose. You can head there for more information on it, and I kind of break that down step by step. There's also a full article now. Um, You can find that at byobrandpodcast.com backslash brand dash purpose. Yeah. So number four, more platforms. Where are you serving your people? Are you doing it in person? Are you doing it on the web, Uh, YouTube, wholesale, retail sales, wherever you're doing that, you know where where your people hang when they're not with you. And wherever they are is going to be dependent on your specific industry and audience. So follow them. Go where your people are. If you're selling to people 14 to 20, get a freaking TikTok account, right? If your customers are, say, um, C-suites or D-level managers, come up with an epic way to blue ocean strategy and email campaign because we know they live on emails, right? Five years ago, your business's, your business's success was spoken about in terms of like marketing and advertising budgets. Now, eh, not so much. Advertisers have fallen by the wayside as yesterday's necessity and today's gratuitous expense. It's all about your customers and how well you serve them. So today, I like to look at it as it's less the customer is always right and more if it's not always about your customer, in America at least, you're wrong. (laughs) You're just plain old wrong. So year five and six, it's about more of everything. On top of what we said, it's also about more discipline, more guts. Just do more of everything. And don't forget more of your brand audit because by now that's a given for each and every year, right? Guys, we deserve a gold star. That's freaking six years and two episodes. 
That's a lot to take in. I don't care what happened this year, the potential of next year is electric. What you're going to do today, that's going to determine the type of year it's going to be next year. So I want you to take this episode, go out, hit back, and hit harder. You'll be able to access everything we've talked about from this episode and last in the show notes at byobrandpodcast.com backslash brand dash checklist. Also, I'm going to be updating it everything from episode 11 and 12. There is so much more I really want to say. And as you know, I am so long-winded. I could do this forever. But after giving you six years of inventory, I think we're going to set this down. Pick it up next week with part three. I am so grateful that you guys stopped by for another week. Go out there this week. Break some ceilings. The glass kind. Kill it. And then come back to tell us all about it in the comments below. Until then, 